Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams. I'm excited to be with you once again on this journey of leadership, of doing the things God's called us to do. And in today's episode, I hope it helps you and blesses you in that calling of serving God's people, His church here in this world, in this moment right now. And so I'm really grateful that you joined us for this episode as we talk about loving accountability, loving accountability. Man, we grow through loving accountability and we as church leaders also need people in our lives to minister to us, to encourage us, to uh, share heart with one another. I'm so grateful for how God has connected me with so many people in this life and in this life that are like-minded, that are ministers, people that are serving the Lord, doing different things. And so in today's episode, uh, I'm gonna be sharing a, a leadership lesson on accountability. This is a message I was able to share with a cohort for the CGN movement, Calvary Global Network movement, as we get a monthly meeting with pastors uh, and we share video, 20 to 30 minute video on a certain subject, and then just discuss and talk about it, pray for one another. Uh, things like this, a system, a cohort, uh, are so valuable for us as church leaders to be a part of, to be with people that are like-minded, that could, we could hold us up, encourage us, make uh, sure that we're actually growing in our faith with one another. And so it is so cool to be able to share this leadership lesson not only uh, through my podcast, but with other church leaders around the world, uh, around uh, in my tribe and throughout. And I would just encourage you, man, as you dig in and learn this lesson today, uh, man, be open to what the Holy Spirit will want to teach you and maybe get together with some other people and discuss it. Uh, one of the things that I talk about in that leadership lesson is the importance of um, having a variety of people in your life and inviting people in your life. I'm not only a part of the CGN cohort that I co-lead with Billy, uh, but also uh, a part of a local cohort and another local group of pastors. I have many circles around me and people circles around me. What I want to do in this episode is share a couple of other people's input on accountability. So we're going to start off with Kristen Torres. Uh, she is a great friend. Uh, her husband, Will Torres, and her served at our church for a church planning residency. And we actually were their sending church, uh, uh, be able to pastor and shepherd them and care for them in that way with training and love and support and have a great friendship. And so she uh, shares a one piece of advice video about how important it is just to be vulnerable and to open up and to share your life. And then we'll get right into the leadership lesson uh, that I share on accountability. And I'll get back with you because we got a couple of more things I want to share with you in this lesson, another testimony interview with uh, Allison Good. And then also uh, I have another one piece of advice with a missionary, Bill Schwartz. I thought it'd be good to get other people's perspective on this large subject. And as I talk about joining community and being community, I wanted you to get a community sort of sense of how important it is, not just for me, but for other church leaders to actually have people in their life. And so here's Kristen, and then we'll get into my leadership lesson. Hi, I'm Kristen Torres. I'm a pastor's wife and a licensed mental health counselor. And my one piece of advice is to make sure that you are known please make sure someone knows you. And when I say knows you, I'm talking about actually knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we cannot do life alone. I know so many people have said that same message, but I don't know how often we actually listen to it, right? Um, in order to be safe, in order to grow, emotionally safe, in order to grow, 
um, in order to lead well, I really think it's so important that we have at least that one person that really knows what's hard for us, what hurts us, what has hurt us, where we've come from, where we're at, where we're struggling, our doubts, all those things, all the middle of the night thoughts, the things that wake you up early in the morning. You need some person, you need one person at least that knows all these things. And I know for most of us, or for a lot of us, I hope and pray that that is the Lord, but you also need a fellow human doing that with you because the Lord did not put us down here alone. And listen, we're going to probably get hurt by some of those people that know us, but my hope, my prayer is that you let that person or those people know that they may have hurt you and you give them a chance to repair that because we're going to do it imperfectly, but we need to be known. So please let yourself be known by at least one or two people. Well, in today's leadership lesson, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about accountability and how that actually helps us in the longevity of ministry and lasting for the Lord and finishing well and the great benefits of accountability. And you may already feel this as you are a part of a community or cohort, a network, uh, being around other church leaders. It actually can encourage you to stay in it for the long haul. I don't know about you, but as I've been pastoring year after year after year, the longer I go, the more discouraging it can get when I look my friends to the left and to the right fall. Other godly men and women, church leaders getting stumbled by sin or opposition or just wanting to give up. They're statistics, but they're also real life. And you could sometimes get a pity party um, when thinking about people falling to the left and to the right, almost like Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Remember that? When he had this great uh, work from the Lord and he got by himself and said, woe is me, there's just me. And the Lord had to gently rebuke him, correct him and say, hey, I got 7,000 other prophets. Uh, we need other ministry leaders in our life to hold us accountable and just to bring encouragement saying like, hey, you can do this. You know, when I think about uh, the network director, uh, Jeff Geip, who has done many di different things over the years and been faithful to the call that God has given him. And even in this season, it encourages me. I, I see someone like that and say, hey, I, I can I can make it. Or when I have an example like my dad, who's a Calvary Chapel pastor of over 40 years. And um, man, he's going to be passing on his church and he's finishing well. And he's, my, my, my parents are still married. I'm like, man, I, I can make it. Having a fellowship and being in community actually helps us uh, to see the future, a brighter future, to, to know that we can make it and it can actually help us. This is why at Calvary Global Network, uh, the tribe that we're part of, man, we say we are better together. Uh, we are better together. Community matters. I was reminded of that verse in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21, at the very end of Ephesus, uh, Ephesians, he writes to Ephesus about a dear brother, Tychicus. Paul says, Tychicus is a dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord. We need reminders that we can be a faithful servant, that there are people around us that will last and walk with us. And Paul wasn't um, calling out this famous, amazing pastor or someone who wrote the Bible. He was saying, hey, he, he's valuable because of his faithfulness, because he's done the things God's called him to do. And so can you, Tychicus, man, he's a faithful brother. Aren't you so glad that there are faithful brothers in your life? That brings an encouragement that, that, that we can do this together and it brings strength. 
And I just want to remind you today that you don't have to be a famous pastor or an influencer, um, a celebrity pastor as the world elevates. Um, you can just be you and the things God's called you to do, and you're going to bless the church. You're going to bless other brothers in the work that we're doing together. There's a great accountability being in fellowship because you know what? Being in community matters to the Lord. He tells us throughout scripture that we need to be in community. That doesn't negate us as church leaders, our pastors, our church planners, our missionaries. Those scriptures apply to us, especially when it comes to the subject of longevity and lasting in ministry. Because it's this, through community comes accountability. Through community comes accountability. And there's this great accountability being in fellowship. But we need to dive deeper into the subject of accountability because it's not just being around brothers, but allowing brothers to be in our lives. It matters. It matters. Now, I looked up this word accountability and it says this. It's the state of being responsible or answerable for a system, its behavior and potential impact. Let me say it again. It's the state of being responsible or answerable for a system, its behavior and potential impact. I think that when it comes to accountability, we tend to think more of just the system rather than the state or a heart issue. Uh, for example, um, as it's October and it's coming up on uh, basketball season, which is my favorite sport. And so I'm thinking about it. There's being trades being made. And LeBron James uh, is going on his 21st 21st season of the NBA. And right now, still after 21 years, he's arguably the top five player uh, in the NBA. Now, this has taken a lot of work and a lot of money. I recently read a report that he spends $1.5 million on his body a year. I think that statistic went up. A few years ago, it was only a million. Now it's 1.5. He has systems in place to perform at a high level. To be in the NBA, he has trainers, uh, chefs, massage therapists, doctors, etc. And he's not the only one in the NBA. Chris Paul, who's recently joined my NBA team, the Golden State Warriors, at the age of 38, is going on his 19th season. And he decided in 2019 to go vegan. That's right, my friends. That's serious commitment. He gave up meat. Why? So he can have a greater future and last. He hasn't looked back. He's continued on. He says it was a great decision to give up meat so he can perform better. He placed a system in place for his life to hold him accountable to perform better. And LeBron James, Chris Paul, other NBA players, man, they have systems of accountability to perform better and last. How much more so should you and I have systems in place to be faithful servants of God? Wasn't it the Apostle Paul who in 1 Corinthians 9.27 said, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Or he said to his protege, his spiritual son, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Rather, train yourself for godliness. There's some training to be involved. There's some discipline. He says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way and it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So, so we should also have systems in place to hold ourselves accountable, practices and disciplines that we say, hey, we're going to do and we're going to ask others to hold us accountable uh, for a desired outcome. And having this accountability partner and even personally practically 
practicing spiritual disciplines like reading scripture, fasting, praying, whatever it may be, those are good things. But too often when we think about accountability, we just think about the exterior and the systems and behavior. We think about the what of accountability. But I think we need to dive deeper into that. Not just being around guys, not just thinking about the peripheral, the outside, but this definition said it's the state of personal responsibility. We need to take ownership in our own accountability if we're going to last. And this is so important because this, well, this is a heart issue. This is something that the Lord needs to do in our lives. You see, you and I, honestly, we can lie to our accountability partner. It's very Uh, When it comes to accountability, you need to walk in truth and you need to have humility. Uh, It's it's a very uh, prideful thing to think that we can just shepherd ourselves, our own soul, and do it alone. And oftentimes, when we have this attitude, we're not being around other brothers. We're not even having systems in place and having accountability because it starts with our heart and works out through our body. But we tend to do that backwards. We try to do the peripheral and forget about our heart. I thought about scripture and what we could look at as we discuss this topic. And honestly, it's just a lot of Proverbs because we need to be wise about this subject. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. We need God to help us and to transform our hearts. We need to acknowledge that, that we're accountable to God. We need to recognize it isn't just a system issue like structures or disciplines, but it's a heart issue that we need. We need to be responsible and be in a state that we're going to give account to God and fear him. You see, God uses the system of community of other people to help shepherd us. And we need to invite other people to shepherd our hearts and to be under authority and to walk in his scripture. Listen to Proverbs 20 verse five. It says the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding, it'll draw it out. We need help from others to draw out the things in our hearts, to affirm things, to rebuke or correct things, to allow us to process and glean wisdom from. You see, being close to not only God is important for our hearts, but being close to others is such a gift. Um, But it also, on our parts, needs to recognize it takes humility. We need to address this as church leaders. We need humility. You know, I was reminded of the story in 1 Kings chapter 22, uh, the end of Kings, and there aren't a lot of good examples of leaders in Kings. They're actually giving us a reflection of how wicked our heart is and how we can turn away from God in our pride. But the king of um, Israel, Ahab, he's trying to get all these people to war and fight, and he didn't want to listen to the prophet of the day that was godly, that could speak truth into his life. Um, He, you know surrounded himself basically with false prophets or you can say yes men because he wanted a certain outcome but the king of judah when he was trying to get him jehoshaphat jehoshaphat was like listen no no no. you got to get men of god around you go get micah go get the real prophet and speak and ahab was like no no no. i don't like when he speaks because he says things i don't like how often are we like this We need to understand that we need people around us that could speak truth into our lives and give us wisdom from the Lord. That's true accountability. That's true friendship. Proverbs 27 verse 7, faithful are the wounds of a friend, perfuses are the kisses of an enemy. Ahab didn't want to hear the truth, so he surrounded himself by yes men, false prophets, and we can end up doing the same thing if we walk in pride. 
We need to have people that can speak truth and love into our lives. And so that takes humility on our part to have true accountability because we need input from others. We all have blind spots. I'm reminded of what Paul says in the New Testament, his wisdom, 1 Corinthians 3, 2, is he says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Listen, we can deceive ourselves in pride. Don't get it twisted. Or to put it more bluntly, like the prophets do, Isaiah 5, 21, God says, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and screwed in their own sight. Listen, we need people to give us godly counsel. Our hearts need to walk in humility to listen to others, to be slow to speak and quick to listen, to invite people to speak into our lives, to have a personal state of responsibility in this, not just the systems, the behaviors, the outside. Where are we taking responsibility in our own lives to invite people in, to have them speak into our lives? Because I tell our church all the time through community groups that we grow through loving accountability. That's how we grow, through community. And that applies to us as church leaders. Listen, are you inviting people to come in close to you, to have intimacy, to speak into your lives? I'll just say we need to. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. I'm currently reading this book uh, for church leaders and ministry leaders. Uh, it's called uh, What Great Ministry Leaders Get Right. It's six core competencies. Uh, the subtitle is You Need to Succeed in Your Calling. It's written by Jimmy Dodd, and he has a section actually in this book about how important accountability is and its importance in our lives. Jimmy says this, accountability will not protect us against our desire to lie. Something more powerful is required, intimacy. Intimacy in our relationships with God, our spouse, and our biblical community is a powerful watchman over our souls. Man, have you found this to be true? I know I have. Community has blessed my life and saved me so much pain and helped me last even the last 10 years of church planning in a community where I'm not from. I remember coming across this Barna statistic, and Barna is this group that does a whole bunch of research and, and things like that uh, for church or churches and church stats and things like that. And so um, they came across this statistic and said that pastors that are connected to a, a, another local pastor in their area will stay in that community exponentially more than a pastor that's not connected, like 10 years plus more if you just have fellowship with another pastor in your area. And so I remember reading that. And so as soon as I came here, planted was not from the community. I sought out community, uh, man. And I've seen great benefit from just giving my time to have a lunch, to, to ask about how are you doing, to give calls, to go on double dates with friends. Like, how do I invite other people into my life? You see, we biblically, we need older and wiser men and women in our lives. I mean, we see this in Titus chapter two. Um, I'm thinking about even Proverbs, how we're going all that. That was, that was a father speaking to a son. You remember Proverbs Solomon's like, Hey son, do this, be careful. What about this? Guard yourself. He's, he's trying to give wisdom. And I think the older generation of people that go before us, they want to give us wisdom, but are we inviting them in? I even think of Samuel and his farewell address to the nation of Israel. First uh, Samuel 12, 24 
he would give this advice or this counsel, this wisdom to the nation and say, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done. We need people in our lives that are godly and will tell us, fear the Lord, follow him. And we can and should glean from a lot of other different people. And we don't need just professionals. Hopefully you know now the importance of a coach, of mentors, of spiritual fathers. But Paul says Tychicus was a dear brother. We can learn from one another, from inviting people into our lives. Listen, I want to propose to you that all of God's people can speak into your life. Not even just fellow pastors and missionaries, people even in your church. Even sometimes critics can speak into our lives. God uses people to actually help us. Romans 12, 16 says this, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly and never be wise in your own sight. You see, with humility, you can actually learn from anyone. So surround yourself with all types of godly people. Get a coach, get a mentor, get a couple of brothers around you that are pastors or fellow like-minded church leaders. Get some people in your church, get some people outside of your church, get some uh, spouses uh, and and fellow uh, friends that are around you and your spouse that can just walk life with you. We should be surrounding ourselves with godly people because it does matter. First Corinthians 15, 33 bad company corrupts good morals. Who are you surrounding yourself with? It's important that they're godly, led by the Holy Spirit to actually minister to you. We don't just need professionals. We need all sorts of people to surround us. And it matters. Again, another example from the Old Testament, just thinking about Solomon, his son, one of his sons was Rehoboam, and he took over instead of Solomon, and and uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 10, you may know the story, probably do, it's verses 1 through 9, but he didn't listen to his dad's advice or his dad's wise counsel. Again, he had other people around him that said other things that were very hard for the nation. The older, wiser group said, hey, lighten the load. Uh, bear love, just give that to the people and they'll follow you. But the younger men, his friends, weren't so wise and said, make it harder, double the amount, let them fear and respect you and do all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. Well, he ended up following the wise, the, not the wiser, but the younger friends and it actually harmed the nation. The point in principle is who you listen to matters. This is why we need to take our own responsibility in listening to the Lord actually spending time in prayer and fellowship with God and hearing from his word. But it filters and goes through not just with the Lord and you and God. No, no, no. Elders, other people, uh, there needs to be people speaking into your life. Now, I'll close with a, a couple of current articles that I came across in pastoral ministry and thinking about accountability and last encouragement for us. Uh, this article comes from Pastoral Care Inc., Com, and it's called 10 Reasons Why Pastors Lead the Ministry. It was written by a guy named Jimmy Foley, uh, Fuller, and he gives the contributing factors um, for one person leaving the ministry. And he interviewed hundreds of pastors, and he compiled this lift, list of factors for quitting. Now listen to some of these reasons and see if you can identify with any of these. Maybe you felt these before. Uh, he says, number 10, the people, reason why people quit is just a lack of vision. They, they have no insight. They don't know how to move forward. They're not equipped. I think we've all been there, right? 
Uh, number nine, low income, low self-esteem. They think, man, God hasn't given me enough or provided in this way. Uh, they're not content in their life situation. Stress and burnout. The the stress and burnout on pastors and on any people, really, with job and this economy and environment and family and oh, responsibility. I mean, that's a contributing factor. Number seven, he says, feeling not appreciated. You do all this work, no one thanks you, and so it, it wears on you. You get discouraged. Number six, he says, Pastors quit because they can't be real. Uh, they have to be the most spiritual person. And in that, you can't repent. You can't walk in true unity or hypocrisy. It's just a nightmare. And so people don't like that. They give up. Top five reasons. Number five, he says, the stress on the family and the health. It does something to us when we're just going, 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 maybe not practicing a, a Sabbath, maybe not giving time to our family and marriage problems. Number four, lack of denominal support. There's not other brothers and sisters around us to support us in structures to help us grow. Number three, he says, ministers have a vision. The church doesn't. Uh, there's conflict between deacons, elders, body life, and where you want to go and where the Lord's leading you, but the church doesn't want to follow. Number two, he says, lack of validation and drive. Uh, man, it's just so hard when all of these factors contributing so you don't have this drive, this sense of urgency, and it's just hard. Now, I say all these things before I get to number one, not to discourage you, but to encourage you, because when I say this last one, I want you to know what we've been talking about can actually be corrected. The number one reason why people in ministry, Jimmer Fuller, after talking to hundreds of people said why they quit being isolated and feeling alone. And here's the deal. You and I, through humility, don't have to feel isolated or be alone. God has given us his word and given people to surround us that if we walk in humility and grow from the wisdom from Proverbs says and listen and, and have godly people around us, man, it's going to benefit us. It's going to encourage. And this isn't a, isn't a one-off article with things that we deal with in ministry. Again, Barna, that group that does all this research, uh, they wrote an article called Pastors Share Top Reasons They Considered quitting ministry in the past year. And this was actually written just last year, April 27th, 2022. Uh, they tell us that pastors are actually considering quitting more right now than the year before. Like in 2021, it was a 29% of people wanting to quit after COVID. Now the stakes are 42% of the people that got asked that same question are saying, yes, I want to quit. And you know, the top three reasons or the top, one of the top reasons of why people are wanting to quit in this article, they say the same exact thing. And I quote, they feel lonely and isolated. There's a huge problem in ministry leaders being isolated, feeling lonely, but through accountability, loving accountability, being humble, we can actually combat that top factor of wanting to quit of having people that we can pray with and, and know us. And the stress of things just seem overwhelming. And so Barna, in response, had Dr. Glenn Packham uh, write a book called The Resilient Pastor Initiative uh, to try to help pastors stay in ministry. In 2022, they wrote this book. And I haven't written it yet, but I found across in this article this quote, and I'm going to order it. Uh, he says this, we need sages to advise us leaders to direct us, hold us accountable, peers to remind us that we aren't alone, healers to dress our wound and companion to carry us when we can't carry on. The wisdom is out, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we as pastors need community and that's going to help our longevity. All types of community, 
loving community with with coaches, mentors, spiritual directors, with our spouse, our family, our friends, with other godly leaders and pastors, elders, like-minded people, and yes, even people in our church. Community is God's loving and wise uh, spiritual discipline and practice for us, his means of grace for us as church leaders as well. And it's so kind of him to give us this instruction to say, take a personal responsibility in this, put the behaviors, put the systems, put the disciplines in there, but don't forget about your heart and inviting people in walk in humility. So why aren't we running towards practicing this discipline more? Why do we just talk about the exterior of reading our Bible and praying more? What about community? Have you embraced that as a spiritual discipline? Have you put that practically in your calendar? How do we practically embrace the, the, the gift of community in our lives? Because we need a system, yes, but let us remember we need to walk in humility and have other godly people surround us. And if we do, listen, we will have a better chance of lasting for the long haul and hearing the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, I think it's so helpful to process the information that we're getting. And this is why I love that cohort that I'm a part of to be able to not only watch the video that I just shared, but then discuss it with people. I want to remind you that on our YouTube page, we actually broke, break these segments down, the one piece of advice videos, leadership lesson, interviews, um, shorter clips for you to share uh, with your staff, with your friends, with people that you may find beneficial to just talk about these things. And so uh, I just released a another video about like God cares about our mental health. It's a four minute video with Mark and Volley and you may want to watch it or even pass it along with someone and then discuss it. Uh, this is a great thing about being a part of a cohort or a fellowship, a group of people that are like-minded and you can discuss and walk with uh, to be able to have a system of just getting together and learning a growing group is, is super important. And this next uh, piece of uh, segment and piece of uh, leadership lesson sort of thing for us is an interview with Allison Good. Allison is one that has served in Delray Beach for many years. Uh, and I actually got to sit down and talk with her for about an hour because she has an extensive list of things that she does. She's a uh, obviously a wife, um, a mother, um, a servant of Jesus. She serves locally in her church, the Avenue Church here in Delray Beach, but she also serves for an organization called Church United. And, and they bring church leaders together. And one of the main ministries of church united is caring and loving for uh pastors and leaders and this thing of soul care and so i wanted to share allison's experience with inviting other people to be a part of her life and walking in community and so i have about an hour-long interview in my patreon community uh i share these interviews that I can dive deep into a certain subject and a certain ministry experience. Um, I'm going to share, I'm going to share a snippet of that about a 10 minute segment of her testifying of how important it is and her perspective of being a part of a cohort of a a group of ladies that can walk with her and have walked with her and then share about, she's going to share about how she actually has started cohorts here in South Florida through through Church United, and maybe that would inspire you. Uh, maybe you would love to join a soul care uh, group here in South Florida, but if you're not from South Florida, uh, you could do a Zoom thing like I do with the CGN or in your own uh, network, you can create something, even using some of these videos to just, hey, let's watch this EE Leaders video and uh, let's talk about it, guys. Let's pray for one another. Let's get together and just be there for one another. And so I think she has an awesome testimony of how a cohort and 
people in ministry have affected her in ministry in a good way. But then also she has an inspirational story of just how she started cohorts and now is uh, leading that area for Church United and just doing a great job at it. And so uh, again, I want a teaching, I want a testimony, one piece of advice, all about the subject of accountability and how we need it as leaders. And so here's a short snippet of interview with Allison Good um, from Church United and the Avenue Church here in Delray Beach. So let's talk a little bit about that role of how you grew in that dark season of learning all this different stuff. How did people come alongside of you, other godly women, maybe other women in leadership, other pastor's wives? Because I know that's a part of your story and journey of how you've had people come alongside of you. You talked Mm -hmm. about male empowerment, but how have other women, particularly accountability, soul care, um, just other people that have gone before you, like that first, yeah. I think in Titus two, just the older woman coming beside someone below them or younger. How did that? How did that help you in yeah. ministry? Yeah, um, that's a great question, and I'm thankful for that question. So God, and it's been a handful, um, and I'm so thankful for each and every single one of them. Um, at Spanish River Church, there were two women who were part of the outreach department that poured into me. Hmm poured into me and then a pastor's wife nori nicholas uh shannon ketis um i could the list could go on of the women that not just like oh they took me out for coffee but they like invested in me Mm -hmm. they showed me and talked to me about what it meant to be a woman a christian woman let alone like a woman in ministry and so that happened early on for me and so i'm so thankful for that um and then you fast forward and you know that was i was single no kids but like there was so much of that gleaning from that uh, I was so thankful for their wisdom. And then like fast forward to when I was in Michigan, um, we were a part of, you know, our church community, Bible study, but I was also a new pastor's wife. And so I went on um, this website, the only one I knew of called Leading and Loving It. And great, great organization for pastor's wives and women in ministry. And I was like, oh, I want to just join a group, meet some other pastor's wives, you know, like get together and uh, figure this thing out. Right. And so I went on, there was a map, like there was no red dot where I was in Michigan. (laughs) And so I emailed them, of course, thinking that they just didn't update their website. Uh All right. That was my thought process. Not that there were no groups in Michigan. So I emailed them and I was like, hey, there's no dot. Like, where's the group? Right. So they emailed me back and they're like, oh, we don't have a group in Michigan yet. Would you like to start one? I was like, no, I just came pastors like like 45 days ago. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm a leader, but like, no. And, um, and so, of course, like I started one. And so that's also just a thing for me, like between me and the Lord, the Lord's like, go and I'm with you. And I'm like, okay, even if I'm scared or whatever, like that spirit of courage. Mm-hmm. And so I started one and there were four of us and we went, met once a month and it was beautiful. Hmm. And God provided for me in that hard, hard, dark season. Like, that was a lonely season. It was a season where our marriage um, became so, um, it was thriving. Like, it was, it was, it became so real for yeah, both yeah. of us. And so, like, we both are so thankful. Like, we knew Jesus so much before that and um, were ministry-minded before that mm-hmm. season hit. Um, and so, like, those women w- were, like, my third safe space because we had a healthy church and we had a healthy marriage. But, like, I needed someone else who, like, got it. Yeah. Who was so like-minded who just, like, got it. Like, they would finish my sentence. I didn't even have to share, like, a complete story. And they would be like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so that was life-giving. 
during a really hard, different kind of season. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, um, you know, we had all of our kids in Michigan, and then that was a different season, and those women walked with me in that. Hmm. You know, they were further along yeah. in their um, Christianity, also pastor's wife's roles, and they all had, like, kids already. And so they walked with me in that, and then we had, uh, we have three kids. Uh, we have a six-year-old and twins that are five. After our twins, I had really bad postpartum. And so there were really just a dark season um, and a dark season in our marriage and our family. Like it was a hard season and yeah. church continues, yep. you know, like ministry doesn't stop because you're having a hard time in your family life. And, you know, my husband is an incredible gift. Like he is a tangible gospel to me. And he, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I mean, I do know how he did it, but, <laughs> um, you know, like there was some really there are dark waves in that and God provided through those women hmm. um, we didn't call it a cohort but like now I know you know like we would use that these days yeah. um, that language but um, to be that that sacred space for me hmm. how let's let's just sort of close and finish up on like what God is doing now through Church United and Soul Care and Cohort because you hear that story and you're like man I wish I had some of that how are you developing and creating Soul Care cohorts in our area in our region what does that look like and why are you doing that great questions so church united uh of south florida uh the men's side of church united for pastors and uh different ministry roles of different leaders and male leadership they've been had uh, uh this soul care um, ministry uh, as a part of Church United for about five or six years now. So Church United started out of uh, hardship and brokenness, and we've watched God use that to bring um, healthy leaders, healthy churches, healthy communities. And so pastors getting together and really digging deep into their backstage, not just the front stage mm -hmm. on a Sunday or you know throughout the week, but their backstage with each other, not as a um, counseling group, um, but as preventative and creating more health and so we've the the soul care side of the men's side of church united has been going and women are always invited church united has always invited us women yeah. to like the gatherings and like all the different creative spaces however about a year ago um i was actually looking to join a cohort i was looking to join a woman uh women in leadership or a pastor's wife um group like i had in michigan yeah and so Again, kind of very similar story. I uh, texted Casey, who's our lead pastor, who uh, he runs one of, he leads one of the soul care cohorts for Church United for the Men in Palm Beach in Delray. And I texted him, hey, like, is there a woman's one that I can join? And he was just like, oh, text um, Eddie Copeland, uh, who's on the team, uh, one of the leads at Church United. He's like, text him and ask him. I was like, great. So he sent me his number. I texted Eddie. Eddie's like, no, but you know, would would you consider you know helping us process like what that would look like and i was like oh fine right and so um no there was a yay there was a joy in there but i i um initially was a little reluctant because i was like oh man like i really just wanted to join but god did what god does and so i had a conversation with um eddie and his wife sarah mm -hmm. and a couple others um uh from church united and we just started to pray and we started to pray and process like all of the so there's been a few others but let's Alswick, like there's Elizabeth Mitchell, there's been others that have gone before in South Florida um, for pastors, wives, and women in leadership, and they have done, God has used them in 
tremendous ways but there wasn't anything like a system where like someone like I can like just join that and so we were thinking and praying for a couple of months of what that would Hmm. look like for the women of South Florida both pastors wives and women in leadership to be a part of soul care and so God put on our hearts a couple of women to put together a women's leadership team uh, specifically for soul care for South Florida. And so God did that. Um, there are 10 women on this team from Palm Beach and Broward, uh, different seasons, uh, some pastor's wives, women in leadership. Uh, some of kids don't, some don't, some are married, some are not. And it's just this beautiful, diverse team yeah, yeah. Uh, that gets to lead out on the women's soul care leadership team. And I am humbled and honored to be a part of this team. Like yeah. These sisters are killing it for they're the rocking it God, they just they're going after it after it it's and amazing yeah like i just sit there i'm like oh, i just want to hear you talk and um but this team and then from there we all kind of we did a survey to just friends uh who are in ministry and pastor's wives asking them you know 10 questions just organically and you know one of the questions was are you currently experiencing burnout and 80 percent Hmm. Um, and this is an anonymous survey, but 80% said yes. Yeah, yeah. And so we know that it's probably higher than that. They just didn't want to answer, uh, which I understand. And so, like, we took that as affirmation to pursuing the soul care cohorts. Yeah. So um, with some, uh, you know, we just kind of processed through and met with some other women to be potential soul care facilitators for the cohorts. So we, just this month, actually this week, um, have launched. There are 15 cohorts all together for both Palm Beach and Broward. And that, woohoo, is right. That's Uh, right. That includes men and women cohorts. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have specific groupings. So there's a lead pastor's wife cohort in Broward, a lead pastor's wife cohort in Palm Beach. There's a women in leadership cohort in Broward, one in Palm Beach. Um, And so we have eight women-specific cohorts happening right now. And within that, there are specific groupings. And so we um, launched launched it at uh, the Soul Care Conference that Church United put on in August. Uh, we are still taking registrations. That's right. And so you just go to Church United uh, slash Soul Care Cohorts and you could sign up to be a participant um, if you're a pastor's wife or a woman in leadership. Well, again, I do think community is so important for us as church leaders. And uh, man, in the show notes, I'll put a link to that information where you can actually reach out to Church United and be a part of the Soul Soul, uh, Care uh, cohort. And it's been so good. You're going to hear a lot more about that in season six. That's right. We're coming to an end of season five. This is episode 19. And I've decided since we're coming up in November to only do 20 episodes. I was trying to do 22, but I feel like with Christmas, we're church leaders, it all gets really busy. And so uh, next episode, number 20, will be our last episode for the season. But don't worry, I'm getting a lot of great content with extra bonus content. And that's a part of the Patreon community. Even Allison's full interview, you can actually see those interviews in depth, uh, a little bit more freedom to talk openly about certain subjects. And uh, man, feel free. It's Patreon community. You can go in the show notes, you can do it. And for as little as uh, $9.99 a month, uh, monthly support, you can get all this bonus content and interviews. And maybe that content isn't uh, something that you maybe want or need because I'm giving you so much content through the 
these episodes, praise God, but it's just another way to support the ministry and to allow other people to go. My long-term vision, one thing that I want to start doing is actually create a couple of cohorts through EE Leaders Ministry. Encouraging, equipping church leaders is one of the ways that uh, we are called to do here and uh, this podcast is just one of the means but we actually do a lot of coaching a lot of care a lot of one-on-ones and i'd love to be able to connect you guys all together so if you're interested in maybe even starting an online cohort through ee leaders uh man reach out email me let me know uh, i'd love to do something like that and have been doing stuff like that for a long time and so uh just thinking through about uh season six and the trajectory of where we're going uh, in 2024. want to continue to be able to pour into you in any ways. And right now it's through a podcast and through these videos, but also uh, I love Q&A and I love coaching and being able to pray. And so know that I am praying for you. I'm thankful to God for you as we come into November, my Thanksgiving list. I'm thankful that I get to serve you in this way and the people that God has connected me to share their wisdom. And so lastly, I want to share one other person's wisdom, a one piece of advice video from a missionary uh, that I met last year uh, at our missions conference that we had, uh, Bill Schwartz and his wife, Gretchen, um, man, uh, they did a great job and this guy just bleeds wisdom. And so he was in town and actually spoke at our church and was able to get to, um, uh, just spend an afternoon with him, eating some food and sharing wisdom and praying and just ministering to one another, talking about things, gleaning. It was so short too short, but yet uh, he was so gracious and to be able to sit down for an interview uh, on church planning and also give this one piece of advice. And in this one piece of advice, he talks about what? Accountability, having someone over you, having someone under you, the importance of discipleship and just how people are to play this role in your life. And so, uh, man, I'm going to close with his wisdom, his one piece of advice. Uh, uh, you can get links to his ministry, One Hope, and he'll introduce himself and that stuff. But I'm just so grateful that we can have different perspectives and people share their wisdom, their leadership lessons to us and uh, on the subject of loving accountability. And so we'll close with Bill and his one piece of advice, and then we'll see you in episode number 20, the last episode of the season in the next episode, episode 20. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon. Hello, my name is Bill Schwartz, and my family and I serve as missionaries in Belgium. And I am here to just give you my one piece of advice that I like to tell all the leaders who are in my life. And that's simply this, don't do life alone. God has never asked you or required you to do life alone. There's three groups of people in your life that'll always be involved when you're doing kingdom work. Number one are the people you're supposed to reach, the people you're supposed to minister to. Number two are the people who are supposed to serve with you. Walk aside, walk alongside with you, you serve together to accomplish the missions he give, he's given you. And number three are the people who serve over you. And my, my simple piece of advice is this, do not do life alone. There are people that God has put over your life to be able to encourage you, instruct you, correct you, push you along. God has never asked you to do this alone. He's never going to ask you to do this alone. And he will assign those three groups of people in your life. And we just simply have to have discernment on who they are. I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for those leaders in my life. And I'll simply say this. I'm grateful for the leaders that God has put over me who are more concerned about my character than my gift. And they have given me so much encouragement and instruction. I wouldn't change anything in the world for those people in my life. And I just want to close by saying this. 
I want to be that person to someone else. And again, that comes back to that first group of people who God's called me to minister to and to encourage. Thank you.